0: hello and welcome back to another episode of the pilgrims podcast my name's archie and i'll be your host joining me today is tom kirk mark lovell chris allen and a guest for today alex Heine. Yes, as I was doing that intro, I was looking at Mark and smiling at his um, at his positive grin through the webcam. However, it hasn't been a very positive weekend, has it? A weekend that promised so much has delivered very little, with a World Cup final defeat and a last minute defeat at home park. It was a it was a gut wrenching weekend, really, wasn't it, Mark? And um, I've got to say, I'm absolutely gutted. How are you feeling?
1: Well, I felt more positive, but I mean, this is a sign that how far we've come when we're really gutted. We've just lost to Southampton who were in the Premier League recently and we've lost to them, unfortunately, unluckily, by a last-minute goal. So that's a sign of how much we've progressed in the in the last few years. Yeah, it's not ideal, but, you know, we hit the post at 1-1. It could have gone, you know, rebounded to a, anywhere, to a, one of our strikers, you know, and they go up their end and um, take advantage of a little bit of sloppiness fine margins, you know, on another day, we win that game in league one, we would have won it, you know, but these, you know, it didn't go our way on the day, but nothing really, um, I'm still positive. Still see, see us finishing around six. Blumenach. Blumenach.
0: Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. That came to me as well. That, that thought of last season, we would have got through that game probably with three points. But yeah, again, we've said it, we've said it every game this, this season, haven't we? The quality is a real step up. And ironically, every game has been a step up, I would say. Would you say that, Chris, that this felt like the biggest test yet?
2: Oh, yeah, it's the best best team we've played. Probably still, even with what they've sold the best team on paper in the league. Didn't the guy, didn't the guy who scored, like, isn't he leaving today to go to Everton or something, right? That, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah exactly. Che Adams, it, um, yeah,
0: che Adams is linked to Everton, along with half the other it was there. Were there know. were three
2: results, right? There were three results <laughs> at ninety minutes. We were either going to hold on. There's nothing wrong with holding on against the team like that because they were definitely on top. We could fluke a win, or they'd sneak one. And I've, again, I think I agree with Mark. That's we come a long way for that to be where we are against a very expensive, very well drilled, very well managed team. So I know Simon talks about this a lot that. Resulting can be a bad thing, you know. Judging games on the result, not the performance. And as a performance against a very good side, I thought we did really well, and we'd have held on. Or if we'd have won it, we'd all been in a very different mood.
0: Yeah. Well, let's keep things um, in in America, Chris. You're um, you're no longer outnumbered. We've, we've got uh, Alex, as I said in the intro, with us from Chicago. Alex, welcome. What were your thoughts of the game? Would you agree that we were slightly unlucky? I mean, it's a really good point Chris makes about resulting. On the 70th minute,
3: I was thinking we're playing great. Well, pretty well. I think, I think unlucky, to say unlucky, is, is because of when we conceded the goal, it feels unlucky. But the pressure was building from Southampton throughout that second half. If we'd have conceded that goal on 78 minutes, you'd probably look back on it and go, "Mm, that was a fair result. I think it was because it was so close, it was frustrating. I think overall, to say it was disappointing or it was encouraging, I think there's kind of aspects of both, really. There's elements of it that were incredibly frustrating. The time of the goal was really frustrating. Both of the goals, although you could say all goals are preventable, they, were, they seem to be quite preventable. They're things that we could have done with the players and the ability that they have to stop those goals going in. So that was a bit frustrating. Um, it was a bit frustrating because there probably won't be a better time to play Southampton this season. They've just sold a lot of their best players. They haven't had time to get new players in. We've still got our promotion bounce. Um, we hadn't lost yet in the league. It was set up perfectly for us. And I think any other time in the season, it would be a much different prospect. That said, as has been said here and by a lot of other commentators and by Shui and, and other people is that was a super performance against a really good team. And if we carry on playing like that this season, we will get a lot more points on the board than we miss out on, I think.
0: Yeah, you touch on Shui there, and he um like I said, I was really gutted after the game and I can't remember the last time I actually came away from the game that upset really. Um and he summed it up perfectly for me. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing here. Good, but need to improve. And good performances um, don't translate into points, or, or don't earn you points. You know, stating the obvious. Um, so essentially, you know, it's not all doom and gloom, but we need to be better. Tom, would you agree to that, or is that a bit too a bit too harsh?
4: Well, firstly, my condolences. You're upset yesterday, uh, mate. Um, for anybody in any doubt, Archie clearly didn't go to Wembley. Um, because that was upsetting. I know it was a nonsense tournament, but uh, that
0: was a bad day. Yesterday was nowhere near that. Upset? Well, I, I mean, yeah, upset. It it put me in a strop that only um a date night at the cinema with Barbie could save. So then the the evening did whatever uh, whatever floats yeah, your boat was saved um, was, was salvaged. But yeah, it was gutting. Look, it was gutting. I hate. I mean, I don't like losing the best of times, but losing in the last minute against Southampton. Uh,
4: yeah. It was interesting what you said about Shuey because. Um... The sort of the my my initial thoughts. People I've spoken to fans, the fan network, if you like, and then I watch what's coming out the official club channels, and it's it's rare that after a defeat, that sort of the fan base on the official club line is probably the same, which is um, lots to be happy about, but we don't like losing. It's the right attitude to have if you want to be a winning side. Um, yeah, a bit sore because we were doing we were doing that to teams a lot last year, uh, season. Maybe maybe um, not quite so late on, um, but we uh, we made a habit of doing that. So um, I've got some new fan sympathy for those teams, although that wore off very quickly. Um, just the perspective, guys, is that Southampton were really really good in the second half, particularly. It was definitely a game of two halves, which is a cliche that I don't like. Uh, Using often I've not seen, but it really was, I think, something like three shots in the first half, 16 in the second for Southampton, their defence was nigh on flawless, um, other than two instances in which Morgan, you know, caused some real problems in those two instances. Um, We still still not really worked out where where we sit. Um, And by that, I mean, you know, we've gone to Watford and thought, oh God, they'll be at the top. And we've just played Southampton and they're another level again. and then I'm looking at the fixture list, thinking, "Oh, Birmingham! Oh, goodness!" Um, but then I'm, you know, I'm seeing like Norwich today, um, just before we we're recording, sort of, who also gave Southampton a good game, you know, of wallop Millwall. So um, I'm still a little anxious as to I like what I'm seeing, but you know, what what does the standard have to be? The finish, uh, you know, sixth, ninth, or seventeenth, or whatever it is. Our predictions where we put, I'm really, uh, I'm really not sure.
0: Yeah, to bring you back to the top of your point, you made an interesting um, comment about the fans and the club aligning. I actually felt for the first time in a long time, the club was more, negative's not the right word, a bit more grounded in what they were saying. There's a lot of stuff online. You know, that's great. That's a fantastic performance. Plucky old Argyle, you know, better luck next time, which doesn't, I don't love, to be honest. And Shui, for me, was fantastic in what he said. And Jordan Halton came out and said a very similar thing. And they're both very calm, maybe Jordan a bit more so. Shui sure, was clearly gutted, um, but like that idea, Tom, you said of, you know, we don't like losing. I think we need to kind of um, reinforce that a bit as well because I know I know Southampton are loaded with fantastic talent and the money they have is is just, we can't compare. But, um, you know, for me, Shui really hit the nail on the head because that's a hard one. It's a hard press conference to do, you, you know, when you lose in the last minute to um, strike that balance. But I mean, how was it in the ground? What was the feeling after that game when that goal went in? It was a...
4: After the, I, the got, I uh, blanked out a little bit um, when the goal went in. Obviously, it was quiet, and uh, in our end, and, and their fans woke up. Um, they hadn't been singing a lot, which shows that they weren't enjoying it massively. The, what spoke um, volumes to me was uh, it was a rousing applause and cheer at the final whistle almost like we'd won the game. Um, and that was really good and it was infectious and I joined in and everyone else joined in. And again, there's a little bit of me that thinks, you know, let's not get too comfortable with losing a football match. Let's be a bit more ruthless. But um, yeah, I agree. Well, it was I agree. a really positive experience and, and there was no way that any, I couldn't really see how a pl- one of our players was going to take that into anything other than a positive, how well they were received at the end of the game.
0: Uh, You mentioned the defence of Southampton. I just want to touch on it briefly because you've got Walker-Peters and Jan Bednarak, two internationals. Walker-Peters, I think, will be at one England cap. Was it really... Was it obvious to see, would you say, in the flesh, that they were a cut above? Because those are two players that probably won't be there in 10 days by the looks of it. I I mean, Carl Carl Walker-Peters was in an
4: England squad not long ago. I last saw him play, by the way, for Spurs at the new Camp in the Champions League match. Yeah, Carl Walker-Peters... It's a superb defender who could play for most Premier League teams, and he was excellent yesterday. And I don't—if any—it's very hard to watch the right back, but if you go and watch how little joy Barley got out of him, not only snuffing that out and and then starting attacks, you know, in the 88th minute, the, the guys up in the corner, you know, attacking, um, our best move in the game, which I just had a look, was on about the 60-minute mark whereas Az kind of plays the ball to Morgan. We have a lovely team move. that results in Joe having a pot from the edge of the box. Walker Peters tidies that up and walks through about six, seven of our players and is up the other end. He was stunning. He was a nine. I probably can't give him a 10, but he was a nine out of 10. Um, and if you go back and look with the difference with us praising our defense, and it's probably putting our expectations into perspective is, you know, Gibson great again yesterday really well received, but what's well received by the crowd is blocks and putting your body on the line. And him and Joe were really good at that yesterday. Southampton, which isn't doesn't get your crowd going, but when Morgan uh, got put through for the one that hit the outside of the post, which he did really well to make very little of, within a couple of seconds, Southampton won't block it. You know, the four players were smothering the attack. And you just can't put that down at anything more than they're just all really, really good. You know, their manager's not been there long. Um, you know, the individual talent from Southampton was was quite astonishing. It was quite humbling to see how good you have to be to be really bad in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: that's a good phrase. And just I know there's been some chat about this. That that's why I rated Mumba well yesterday because he had the hardest job. Like, it, it, like there was a lot for him to have to do yesterday, and I think we get so used to him ghosting through six players and slamming it into the top corner, scoring spectacular goals. But our team had a very hard job to do yesterday. And yes, their team played well, but we, we limited them. They weren't scoring from it. But there was another day where we were overwhelmed by that talent. We weren't. And I think we might need to remember that they're going to have, even the flare players are going to have to be less flared, if that's a word. Um, it's not, but I'll stick with it. Um, so I, I quite rated that. Like it, it was, it was kind of back to the wall, but very different to Watford. Like we were still creating chances, and that seemed that was the plan, right? That's obviously the plan is, you know, don't concede the ball when you can. They're going to have a lot of it, but try and break.
0: Well, yeah. Looking at those flair players as attacking players, I mean Ryan Hardy is two and three now. It's a good, it's a good start for him, isn't it, Chris? But...
2: It's a great goal as well. Like I think it happened so yeah. quick, it's hard to I mean slight slightly fortuitous. Yeah,
0: that ball was fantastic, slightly fortuitous And that um was it Manning? Was it the Southampton player that Morgan got away from who slipped? But I thought the chance had then gone because Southampton, like Tom said, they seemed to recover really well. But Whitaker managed to whip in this ball from it looked from like a position which had kind of the move had fizzled out. And it was a great finish and a great cross in and a fantastic um, response. So yeah, anyway, my initial point, Hardy, 2-3 after having a bit of a dry spell towards the end of the season, last season. We we, we need him to keep doing that, don't we? Because um, we haven't got many other options.
2: Goals like yesterday are when he's best, though. Like, no time to think, complete instinct, quick. You know, it's not all about... The pace is not about necessarily running away. It's being in that position. I think we said before yeah. that maybe this division will suit him for that reason.
4: Yeah,
0: no,
2: yeah. It's more, it's more than I not mean, having the
4: ball. You know, we we called this out. We, You know, everybody could see that coming, couldn't we, that we weren't going to have a lot of the ball. Um, I wasn't, it was, the first half um, surprised me as to how much of it we had. Obviously, the second we had very little. But if you remember, you know, it was the, he had a few times where sort of the balls were put through and he ran onto it. Obviously, he had the penalty incident, which I thought he could have done better without resorting to any kind of dark arts, if that was the case. Um, he'll do, he'll do, Fine, and he is doing fine in this division, and he's doing that you know thing that everybody loves when you're kind of watching a team from afar and a bit passively. He's putting the putting the ball in the net, making a name for himself, and uh, yeah, that people will um, people will be wanting how to handle that, and it's good because actually, you know, the thing is, is we need more of a threat from from our front man because you know you can mark you can put two people on Whitaker if you're not going to worry about our front man. So we need Hardy being dangerous. We need we need a right pain in the ass up front.
0: Well, let's let's move on to Whitaker. I mean, he's starting to look like bargain of the summer, isn't he? For one million, you can't imagine life without him now. He's had a fantastic start, albeit maybe slightly quiet against Watford. But um, anything good yesterday, attacking wise, came through him. Mark, I mean, w- w- would you say that bargain of the summer just for one million? I mean, if we sell him, we're getting a lot more than one million, aren't we?
1: If he carries on this va- in this vein, he has the potential to be our best ever player. Yeah, just then it'll be just a question for how long we can keep hold of him. Um, you know, looking at it now, it seems a, a wise, a very wise investment. You know, it's so much upside to him, you know, uh, very, very positive. And he, unusually, he seems such a nice, grounded footballer with a great attitude and, you know, a real asset to the club.
3: It was interesting yesterday with, um, you know, his old manager being on the touchline. There was one particular um, moment in the game where he, he pulled off a wonderful piece of skill right in front of the technical area. And uh, I thought he must have really, really enjoyed that um, to do it in front of the manager that sort of was leaving him out the Swansea team, um, who, who in his um, pre-match interview, to be honest, in his press conference was very complimentary of Morgan. And he just said he didn't fit in my system. And I wish him all the best. And it was actually nice to hear him say um, he should have come back to Plymouth last year, sort of putting, the, laying the blame at the Swansea hierarchy rather than um, any decision himself. Uh, but I I did as good as Morgan is and, and as excellent as he's been so far this season. I sensed there was just an extra few percent in his game yesterday because he had something to prove to the opposition manager, definitely.
0: Yeah, quite possibly. And it, yeah, it's a weird twist in a, in a quite a peculiar story, really, that it, Russell M- Martin happened to be back at Home Park, um, but yeah, his, in, his his interview was interesting, wasn't it? And it's it's you know, it's really clear that Martin didn't want him back, um, and yeah, he made that pretty clear in January. He's made that even more clear now. Uh, yeah, you'd probably write a book on that transfer saga. Uh, but looking at Whitaker, as great as he is, Tom, you mentioned to it to me today previously. Would you say we've got an over reliance on him? because I, like I said before I I would say anything good yesterday came from him would that concern you
4: it's too early in the season to concern me um because that's only a few games and again you know it at current uh, currently it looks like we've played two of the very best sides obviously one of the clearly one of the favorites for promotion at home and then one of the certainly one of the better sides away so um but he was he was the standout attacking player for us. Most of the uh, real threat was was the battle that was achieved. Iron was was Morgan getting the better of their left back, Manning. Um, he definitely won that. Barley didn't have quite so much joy. Um, he stood out. Morgan has been good enough to be in the opposition side. You know, there was there was no way that anybody could say that he wasn't of a good enough caliber to be playing for Southampton on that day. Okay, the manager's not having him, but he's good enough. Um, there's a bit of flair there. And that's what we're going to need um, if we're not creating much. We're going to need to roll the dice on something that might work because, you know, if you keep playing the percentages of a team having more shots and more of the ball, And the longer that you maintain that, the averages are they're going to win those games. So um, he was probably bought for that reason. I'm sat there occasionally thinking, goodness me, if that transfer didn't happen or if Mumba didn't happen, um, we'd be really, really under the resources season. But there's pointless speculating about that because they're with us and we haven't done anything else because of that. Um, I I don't know if I'd go as far as over-reliance, but... um, Actually, I retract that. I mean, if you got injured, it's a it's a disaster, isn't it?
2: <laughs> I, do, like, I do like no. the uh, I do like the peak Plymouth sitting watching a game, thinking, "Oh my god, we'd, it, this even a nightmare if we hadn't assigned these people." Like, just <laughs> it's, like yeah, actually catastrophizing an event that has happened like that—that that is um, uniquely uniquely Plymouth. I mean. I'll see somebody else up with this because I can't articulate it very well. But if he was, if Whitaker was a bargain, then, then what is Gibson? We didn't even pay for him. Must be up there with the signing of all time. Just on those three games, he looks the complete package.
1: We, we would have paid, a, I think, a fee for him because he's under 24. And there's a, there's a fee that we would have had to pay Everton for his development. I, I but, think
4: so, but I read, actually, uh, that we didn't because they re- they released him. They didn't offer him a contract. That's normally the case unless the club refuses you a contract. So I, I believe he's been got for next to nothing.
1: Thanks, um, Everton. You're great. I love you.
4: Yeah, I mean, there seems to be very some very bad decisions being made at that football club, which is probably a discussion for another day. But, yeah, we're the real benefactors there. He looks great, doesn't he? Um, somebody was remarking on yesterday how sort of the championship experience in our side was sort of... A handful of sub appearances by Whitaker and, and Cundall um and you know a, a lazy pundit I won't name them was then going oh we're at disadvantage because of that but Lewis Gibson looks like he's been playing at that level for a, a long long time uh instant hit um I mean the superlatives would be meaningless I mean it's pretty it's pretty uh obvious for all to see how well he's doing
0: yeah, absolutely. He couldn't have had a better start to his Argyle life, really. I'm looking at another Argyle um, signing from the summer. Connor Hazard, you know, he got a bit of um stick for his debut against Huddersfield. Maybe the weather was to blame, who knows? I thought he looked pretty decent yesterday. I mean, I don't know if the save, the free kick is as good as we're making it out we hit his forearm and that you don't know, you know, there's an element of luck that I do not, I don't know. I mean, the, the wall shouldn't have. Yeah, hit I'm going to shoot that hit right hit. down. It shouldn't have got to The him. save was, the uh, save
4: was sensational. So he, he had to react very quickly, not assuming his wall wasn't going to part. like. Yeah, I like, mean, the, uh, the
0: walk, part. the wall didn't do its job, did it? it was,
4: no, no, it was like tower bridge lifting. It was, um... And it was, a, if you go back and have a look at it, somebody said, oh, you know, it's right at him, it's in the middle, but that's not relevant. And Mark Mark probably tells a goalkeeper what, he needed a really strong arm there because of the speed of which it was hit by Armstrong. There was a lot of goal for that to be deflected into and palmed into, and he got it well away. So it was actually harder for him that it was in the middle because of the pace that it was hit. Um, in terms of his shot stopping, I mean, you know, wow, he's he's. Superb, isn't he? I mean, um, he he could have won us he could have won us a point. You know, you've gone back if back. if Mikhail Miller doesn't sort of lack the faith that Hazard's gonna save it and then stays with Che Adams, that might not that might not go to him and be such a free hit, and we get a point and we have to thank the goalkeeper at that point. Um, as a shot stopper, really impressed. I mean, I have to be that plain and simple about it.
3: I think with the with, with the free kick, it was the fact for me that as as we've alluded to, it came through the wall. So where it goes in the goal is almost irrelevant. The fact that he's not even seen it until it's come through between the players who are ten yards closer to the to the goal than than the free kick was is what really turns that into a, a top class save. I think um, there were a few yesterday where I was watching them and they were. Uh, a time where he's just come out um, with the crowded box or he's tipped the ball off somewhere. And I'm thinking, asking myself that question, is is Callum Burton getting to that? And a lot of the time, the answer was probably not, through no fault of Callum Burton's, other than the fact that um, Hazard's just an absolute monster.
2: I'm just, yeah. just quickly Cri- on
0: Chris that. Chris is I fascinated got... by his size. I am. I, he's,
2: got, I think he's bigger every week. I think he's still growing. But I, I also got into a... My first ever Twitter spat yesterday, because there was somebody who was sort of saying that they were almost implying that being tall is cheating. You know what I mean? It's like, well, he's, he's not that good. He's he's just able to get to stuff because he's tall. It's like Alex, that's that's the point. That is a unique asset, and why I think Juist said a little while ago that in the Premier League, you know, you've kind of got to be six three six four. Really, that's what they want. They want people precisely for that reason. So yeah, it's not it's not cheating to be big.
4: Everybody would have a twelve foot wide, six nine foot tall goalkeeper if they could, wouldn't they? <laughs> it's down to some very simple things.
0: Yeah, no, I think he looks impressive. I do, and I would feel a lot more confident if um, than having him than Burton playing put. Um, and I think he's made a really good start. I he was, was he really was tested.
4: He was tested in the second half. He was tested like he was tested at Watford and he stood up to the test. First half where we had a bit more of the ball than we thought. I saw shades. I don't know um what Mark thinks, but um if we just focus on distribution when we had a bit more time in the ball at his feet, there was some there were some hints of his Huddersfield performance. It was not um as concerning, but there were there were there were certainly whiffs and smells of it.
1: I think he, like most keepers, they're more comfortable hoofing the ball 80 yards up the pitch. You know, it's a, this is a new aspect of the game. They're not, it's going to take time. And, uh, it's not always the best way to play, play around your penalty box. You know, sometimes you've got to clear your danger because you're inviting pressure. Um, but these, these, are. you know, these will come with experience and uh, game management. You know, from a purely shot-stopping and um, controlling uh, the penalty box aspect, he's, he's got a, he's he's the man. He's gonna he's gonna play in goal before Michael Cooper gets fit, and then there'll be a you know there there'll be a a race for the jersey.
0: We're talking of game management. And I praise Shuey's post-match interview. Would you say Shuey has um, is to blame? Essentially, we, he made a triple substitution on the 80th minute, and the game was slipping a bit before then. I'm sitting here in my England top, and it felt very England in that sense. The game started to slip, and it felt like it was it was kind of you couldn't you couldn't quite get it back. And he made a triple change, and it didn't work. I mean, I don't know if it's Shuey's fault or the three individuals that came on the pitch, but. It's his method. Whatever way you slice
2: it, it didn't work. How many times has he done and that? It usually it does. It usually it does. It usually works. And I don't think the the quality of the opposition and the fitness of the opposition has an impact on that. Like I think it worked a lot better in League One when effectively you had three first-team-caliber players coming on against the tiring side. Yesterday, it was probably three of our weaker squad players coming up against a very good team. So I don't blame him for trying it, but it would have been a bit more of a coincidence if it had worked them.
1: Yeah, in League One, we would have had, you know, Ennis might have been starting. We could have brought on Hyde, Hardy, Cosgrove, options. Yesterday, we brought on um, Warrington, loan Signing, Ben Wayne and Rance to try and, do something different in midfield. It it didn't really work. It's a rare occasion where it didn't have much positive uh, flow to the game. Um, but that said, you know, we're very, very unfortunate not to gain a draw on the day.
0: Yeah. Well, we talk about those midfielders, and that, it, it feels like a slight problem area to me. Kundal after an impressive... Um, Match against Watford and Palace. He, he didn't have a great game yesterday. Randall, not ga- not great either. There's one too many for me who aren't quite performing. Azaz doesn't look quite match fit. Not overly sure why he started. However, you know, he had his moments, but I remember when I saw his name in the starting lineup, I thought is that too too early, too soon, possibly. Uh yeah, general point being midfield. Point for concern. Tom, what would, what would your thoughts be?
4: Um, again, really early. I know that's sort of, um, trying to sort of, um, calm the point down a little bit. Um, I know you want some, some opinion of me, but, um, yeah, look, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of six out of tens in the middle of the park, isn't there? Um, we've not had the ball in two of the three games, um, and large parts of the first. Um, the transitions are quick. The defence have got work to do. We want to get the ball to our flair players. so. Um, you know, they've had very little time to make an impression. Um and I think the the shape leaves gaps. So um that's all the excuses out of the way. Um yeah, I look one or two players would have wanted to do a few more things, didn't we? Yeah, I've got to say from from country go back to the first half, which was really positive yesterday. I would go as far as say with we the better side. Um, whether that's Southampton doing uh not playing very well. Um I wasn't really paying attention, I was more Encouraged with what we were doing. Um, we had three really good attacks break down with a poor final ball, and they were from kundal and Azaz. Um, they did other things. Azaz certainly uh contributed positive at other times. Um yeah, Luke kundal didn't have a good game. Um, despite being very promising the the other day. Um look, uh, you know, we're not good good midfield with Southampton, so um you know, I don't know what we expect. It's a, it's a concern, but only probably to the concern that we're playing good sides.
0: Yeah, well, someone we missed out on when we were kind of going through players that impressed, Hardy, Hazard, took Houghton, for me, has stood out as a midfielder that's done really well, especially in this new formation. And he receives the ball ever so well for me from from the back four. And then usually progresses up the pitch very well and he just looks so at ease with it at, at his feet. And then to contrast that with Warrington, who gave away. I mean, I think Sky slightly to blame. It was a bit of an iffy pass. I'm not sure, you know, he gave a bit of um, Warrant a lot to do. However, I don't think um, Halton's making that mistake and giving him or Southampton rather that free kick that we just talked about with the fantastic save from Haz- Hazard. But that, uh, yeah, it was a really poor moment for me. And it is, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a reason for
3: concern. Alex. Those three players have come on at a time, though, when I think Southampton are really on the front foot and coming into a game when you're playing one of the best teams in the division who are have all the momentum behind them to then ask players who haven't had many minutes, who haven't been with the team a long time to come on and change that is an incredible ask for them. Um, the reason I thought Houghton possibly was able to maintain his composure throughout the game is that when you're playing a counter-attacking style, all of our attacks have to be launched from inside our half or the halfway line. So those attacking midfielders and Ryan Hardy, by that point in the game, they are done. And you could tell because that's when the passes were starting to go awry and we weren't finding our man. We were perhaps not tracking our player quite so well. Barley Mumba, Morgan Whittaker, um, starting to look really, really tired because they just had to put so much work in every move starting in our own half, trying to push forward. So I wasn't surprised that they started to tail off. And those three that came on, Warrington, I think that's a tough ask for him coming in. Adam Randall, great player, but he's more of a player who likes to control the midfield. And against a team like that, you're just not going to do that. That's why we, I think we tried to play the counter-attacking style. And again, Ben Wayne has been talked about a lot. You know, is he the type of player who's going to win the ball, be a bit of a trigger, hold the ball up, let people take a breath, get around him? Probably not. Is he the player who's going to take it around three people down the line, hold the ball up a bit, buy some time? Probably not. So I don't think it was Shuey's fault. I don't even think it was the player's fault necessarily. I think the the context of the game and what we've got at our disposal, you know, we We're a new team in the division. We can't bring three game-changing players on against Southampton. I think that's just the reality of it.
1: When we equalised, the Sky cameras panned to Shuey talking to Mark Hughes, and they weren't really celebrating. I think Shuey was going on more like, see, that's how we should do it. Yeah, we completed a successful counterattack. That's how easy it was. And unfortunately, we'd spurned three promising uh, opportunities in that first half with really sloppy final balls. And that's the fine margins. Yeah, we had a lot of promising counterattacks in the first half, which, with a little bit more um, nous or, you know, just playing the right ball under pressure, it, we could have. Scored more than more than once in the first half, and that's probably where the game was lost.
4: I can't, I can't put any blame on Shuey, uh Archie, even if he was at fault, which I'm not saying he is, but if he was, I mean, he's uh, he's got so much credit in the bank to make a make a poor decision of no interest in taking that conversation any further. Um, you know, his his team up the road in the Premier League, one division up. Making constant bad decision after bad decision after bad decision, and if somebody in the boardroom there wakes up and smells the roses, they'll sack the entire management team at Everton and take all of ours because they're crap. We're great.
2: Uh,
0: By no meaning saying we should. uh, By no way saying we should sack him after yesterday. And just I think um, we what we've touched on it. Either it didn't. Either his substitutions didn't work or they didn't perform. I think Alex very articulately um, made the point that maybe it was a bit of both. You know, she we can only work with the bench he's got. And we've got three, well, Rad, Randall's not unexperienced, but the other two certainly are in a, in an Argyle shirt at least. I thought you had to bring the legs on. That's the point I'm getting to, though. I thought you had you to know, bring the legs
4: on, mate. They were knackered. Southampton seemed to up the press in minute 75, mm. like you would at the in the first 15 minutes of the game, and we were getting run all over the shop, and the, and we needed legs, and those were the legs we had on the bench. and. Yeah. That's where we're at. And yeah, look, we had to throw Ben Wayne on who, uh, you know, offered nothing, couldn't outrun their back line and was, you know, probably at fault for the goal. I yeah. we, that's what we got, is the it?
0: But just to conclude, I think, Tom, a few episodes ago, you said, we're going to have a game soon where we lose, lose really, really narrowly and it's going to hurt. And it's going to be that, you know, bit of quality that we just don't have. And Southampton do, like you've said, their team is you know, filled with million pound players, multi-million pound players, internationals. And maybe yesterday was just one of those. (laughs) I hate saying wake up calls, but I think that's what it was ultimately. Uh, But yeah, certainly a game full of positives. Um, It's always, always hard losing in the last minute, but um, all is not lost. Okay, and there we have it, the end of another episode. We've done things uh, slightly differently this week, splitting the episode in half. We just felt there was so much to get through. And what with um, Alex, our guest, we wanted to obviously give him a chance to give his opinion on things. And, um, yeah, so keep your eyes peeled. In a few days, around midweek, we'll be uh, posting or uploading, rather, another episode
1: previewing
0: Birmingham. Tough trip we have there. Until then, thank you for listening. And have a good start to your week.